If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Stocks for Beginners quick tip. Essential lessons. Questions answered. Greed, fear, euphoria, despair, overconfidence and regret. These are the greatest emotional obstacles in the way of stock market investing, according to my guest, Dr. Stanley Teitelbaum. In this quick tip, Stanley explains the range of emotions that contribute to our poor investing outcomes, the negative thoughts that we experience, and the steps to take to minimise their impact. One of my favourite quotes comes from Warren Buffett, who everyone has heard about. You know, he's called the Sage of Omaha, and he's now in his 90s, and he's one of the best stock market people ever. He's known to have once said the greatest enemies of the equity investor are expenses and emotions. So expenses have to do with the costs that occur in trading. And the costs are incremental when you're dealing with a financial advisor versus when you're trying to do it more on your own. And that's a topic probably that we can get to a little bit a little bit later. But the emotional costs are also very prominent and very prevalent. So the emotions that often seem to influence or enter into the picture and influence the choices and decisions that investors make are greed, fear, euphoria, despair, overconfidence, and regret. That's a whole cluster of emotions that can influence, that do influence how people choose to pick what stocks they're going to buy or what they're going to sell and when and how they're going to do that. And again, that applies across the board to seasoned investors and and newer investors as well. Another factor in this category has to do with people need to try to determine their risk tolerance versus risk aversion. When you ask people, what is your risk tolerance? How much do you feel you can tolerate losses? Because people usually go forward in their stock market investing with an expectation that this is going to be a joyride, that it's going to go forward and continue to go forward. And when you ask people, what is your risk tolerance? How much do you feel you can lose? Generally speaking, there are studies that have shown people tend to exaggerate their level of risk tolerance, that the reality is that they are not in a position to lose as much as they're saying that they might be able to risk. So that has to be reined in in some way. And it's especially true for new investors who need to really have an honest appraisal with themselves as to how much they can invest, how much they can afford to invest. And the first and perhaps one of the most important rules in stock market investing is the rule of cut your losses. In real estate, we say it's location, location, location. In stock market investing, it's cut your losses, cut your losses, cut your losses, which means instead of focusing extensively on how much you're going to win, and very often that's the fantasy of how I'm going to make my killing by investing in the stock market, instead of excessively focusing on that, 
it can be very helpful, very useful, very pragmatic to be able to say, what can I afford to lose? And one of the central principles is to be able to acknowledge to yourself what your risk tolerance is and to be able to cut your losses when things don't go in a up direction, but go in a down direction. You gave me a list of emotions at the beginning of that answer. And the one that really struck me is regret, because this is not something that you often hear because you hear about fear, uncertainty, doubt, all of those sort of things. But regret, how does that operate? If I can just talk about a personal story here. A couple of months ago, I've had this oil stock, which was doing nothing for years, nothing. And I thought, I'm going to cut my losses. And then, of course, with the oil price doing what it is at the moment, I just look at it and go, why did I sell it? And is that the kind of regret that you're referring to there and how it can affect your future in investing? Yes, that's one part of regret. And regret is also very closely related to feelings of shame, shame about having done or not done something which then has backfired in some way. So if, if I can chime in and share with you a personal story of my own in this uh, realm, when I was a new investor, a colleague of mine, he was actually a psychology consultant to me, and uh, he recommended to me a new issue of a stock which specialized in several things. But one of the areas in which they specialized was in agriculture. And they had a fertilizer. This It was a new company. And they had a fertilizer that grew sweet potatoes the size of cantaloupes. It was amazing. And sweet potatoes the size of cantaloupes. And by coincidence, I was in New York City, living in New York City. And they had their annual meeting at the nearby hotel in New York City. And I went to the annual meeting and they displayed these sweet potatoes. And we also took some home because they were so amazing. At any rate, I was a pretty new investor at that point. And so I decided I'm going to go with this. And this wasn't a... um, a suggestion from a uh, taxi driver or a hairdresser. This was a recommendation from someone who knew something, or so I thought. But he did. At any rate, I bought the new issue. It was $5 a share. And it was magnificent. It flourished. And it, it, within two years, it went from 5 to 95 95 Eureka. This was Eureka. This was my dream come true. And then something happened. And I don't know what happened, but the stock started to go down. And as the stock started to go down, I incrementally alternated between getting anxious and feeling, oh, it's going to come back, you know. And at one point, I called into the company and I spoke to someone in management and I said, what's going on? The stock is not going down. And she reassured me, you know, this is a temporary blip. And it's going to be fine. And this is a great company and it's all going to be fine. Anyway, long story short, ultimately, the stock plunged all the way to zero. And I think I probably got out at my $5 per share, but I lost that whole profit. That was the regret. We all have would have, could have, should have stories. And that was my regret. Why wasn't I savvy enough to take more of my profit along the way? Why was I so greedy? that I had to hold on, even when there were so many signs there, like Cassandra telling me, it didn't plunge overnight from 95 to 5. That was over an extended period of time. But I I didn't want to believe that this was happening. 
And so I held on and held on. So ultimately, to respond to your point about regret, that was a major area of regret for me. The other factor that often enters into regret is sometimes when people follow the uh, idea of cutting their losses and then they sell a stock and they cut their loss. And then let's say the stock then goes up. So then they have double shame. First, they had shame for having sold it, which feels they were acting precipitously too soon, which maybe they weren't because they were following the basic principle. But then the stock rebounded and went up. So now they have second bout of shame for having lost their connection to a winner. And everybody wants to feel like a winner. Part of investing for many people is to feel like a winner because if you make a good investment, you feel somehow that you're smart and you're a winner. And one of the problems with that is it's another problem, which is there's a tendency sometimes to confuse luck with skill. And you know, if you make a good investment and it goes up, it may be lucky or it may be skill. If you gain 20% in your portfolio last year, as many people did, and you may feel you were a terrific stock picker. But if you look at the Standard & Poor 500 average index and gain like 28%, then you weren't as smart as you think you are. So your game may have been more luck than skill. That's where regret comes in. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.